Did you know that Delaware has endless discoveries? The first state invites you to explore miles of beaches and boardwalks, dozens of unique breweries, award-winning restaurants, some of the country's best state parks, beautiful garden estates, and even tax-free shopping. There's plenty of fun for the entire family and more. Find trip ideas and all the info you need to plan your Delaware discoveries at visitdelaware.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. a port on a western bay and it serves a hundred chips a day lowly sailors pass the time away and talk about their homes and there's a girl in this harbor town and she works laying whiskey down they say brandy Fetch another round. She serves them whiskey and wine. The sailors say, Brandy, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. Yeah, your eyes could steal a sailor from the sea. This goes out to Holden because he only drinks brandy now. He's a disgusto <laughs> that is a Mr. Brandy man. And I can't believe how much he loves it. And he loves the zaniness that comes with it. And he bathes him. Bathes him. He bathes him himself in brandy every day. Holden drinks, his Holden drinks many different things. He drinks wine. He drinks beer. However, the brandy man, when he appears... He drinks not beers. He drinks your fears. And brandy. <laughs> the brandy man can. The brandy man has been showing up on our Japanese Twitch streams every week. And the brandy man is truly terrifying. I like his intention. I like his need to destruct. But I think that most of all, I'm impressed with the amount of brandy that you can intake without Indeed. wanting to die. Indeed, brandy is a is a difficult mistress. I've always said I've wanted to someday wearing some sort of like velvet robe, uh, throw a glass of brandy into a fireplace full of flame and curse uh, a lover of mine. I know that's becoming more and more difficult because I am very happy with Lexi. Maybe she will become a turncoat. On me. <laughs> oh, no. Also, also, I'm Holden and Molly's here too. I'm Molly and I'm um, <laughs> I I I want you to describe the taste of brandy to me because is it a liqueur or is it a liquor? I'm not sure because I've been drinking a liqueur called Irish Mist and I feel like maybe you and I are like our our you know brandy siblings. Cored up, you're liqueured up. Wait, br- Irish Mist? Yeah, it sounds uh, like yeah. the tears of leprechauns. <laughs> <laughs> Irish mist is a is a drink that the adults in my family would always drink on special occasions out of like special shot glasses that only came out for the special occasions that had very cute little shamrocks on them that my grandma had. And I was always like so intrigued by it. 
And I recently asked my folks about it and they were like, yeah, we still do have Irish mist. We drink it like on the regular. And I had no idea. And so then they got me a bottle uh, for my birthday or something and it rules. It's like <laughs> whiskey, but with sugar and it's fucking fantastic. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I'm looking up Irish mist. So it's more sugary whiskey? It's quite sweet. It's a liqueur. Oh, but it's also 70 proof. So it ain't no schnapps. It's like it's whiskey, but sweet is basically how I feel about it, at least. But I also am a a real, uh, you know, noob when it comes to I mean, I'm not noob. I've been drinking for a long time, but I don't know how to describe different alcohols. So I'm just like, this is nice. It does make me have a headache the next day, but it's still nice. Oh, my God. I guess I could also join y'all in the core whores category <laughs> if we're shortening the word liqueur. I realized that um, I guess I'm also a part of it because Henry's been making me drink limoncello. Ooh. Ooh, I've been wanting to be a person who drinks limoncello. I don't know if you do. The thing is, is that I'm obsessed with the limoncello LaCroix, and I had to convince Henry to like it, even though he's a LaCroix boy. He's not always into the off flavors of them. However, the limoncello is amazing with tequila. And so he got the idea that maybe we should start drinking real limoncello. So we got real limoncello and he gave it to me and we both drank it. And it is sweet. It, I think it's supposed to be mixed with something else. I don't I'm know sure. if you're supposed to sup upon it. Yeah, same with this Irish mist, by the way. Irish mist, <laughs> I'm almost certain, is supposed to be a, in a cocktail with other things, for sure. No, I don't think so. I think you just put it in a little glass. I mean, maybe, I don't know. That's I've only ever seen people drink it out of a little glass. I, I don't think you're supposed to necessarily shoot it. I think you're supposed to sip it. But I got a limoncello at my birthday. Uh, we went to dinner at a wonderful Italian restaurant, near the hospital where I gave birth and uh, we've been in love with it ever since and they brought us a lemon lemoncellos and it was just lemoncello it wasn't mixed with anything but do you sup is it a sipper it's a sipper yeah. it's like a dessert see man I love port I love a dessert mm-hmm. alcohol and I think that Irish mist is meant to be enjoyed after a meal like yes. a you know, like a dessert, like a. But you're just enjoying it at three o'clock in the afternoon, and that's just, also yeah, any time of day. <laughs> and that's also okay. I will say, you asked me about the taste of brandy. Brandy, yes. I do feel like it's sort of in the whiskey family, and it's almost as if you poured a whiskey onto a dog and let the whiskey run down its hair and into a cup, <laughs> and then you drank that. Is kind of I feel like how brandy is maybe made. Oh, does it have the hair in it as well, um, or is it just well, like a it, with a strainer that remove? Obviously, there's no hair in my bottle of brandy. But obviously. you know, if there was though, if I could get a hair wit, uh, I would. You know, if I was at some cheesesteak place that sold oh, is dog it like hair brandy, pulp or no pulp, pulp, yeah, pulp or yeah. no pulp. Pop or no pop. So what's the appeal of it? It, Is the appeal that it makes you into a a, the brandy man only? There's not the taste is not good, is what you're saying. Yeah, it divines you is a word I would say. I don't know if that's a a, a verb I could use even, but it divines you. I believe in our Twitch community, I believe it was Diarrhea City who came up with because the brandy man can he mixes it with lumps and makes the word taste sad. (laughs) And I enjoy the song, and now I sing it whenever Holden becomes the brandy man. If you were in a standoff with the cops, you said just fuck it, I'm just gonna run towards them and get shot to death. If you were Uh a brandy man, you would be able to take about two to three extra bullets before you drop to the ground. Oh. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's all in the finesse. An extra layer. It almost gives you an extra layer of protection, but not as much as like math or PC. That's how I feel about like, um, <laughs> like, um, what's that? That that jug wine, you know, is that Paisano's? Uh, Carla Rossi. Carla Rossi, yeah. Oh, oh my no. God, we used to sit around. I did. We would. That is Holden's jam. Pre Brandy yeah, Man, that... that is all Holden. I bet I wouldn't even <laughs> that was be able to me. stomach it, dude. But yeah, we would just because it was so cheap, and you get this giant jug of wine. So we would get like two yeah. or three of them and just sit around like Bohemians in my apartment, like listening to jazz music, just passing this massive jug around, like slamming for the jug, just chainsmoking, talking about. Life honestly disgusting in hindsight, but kind of romantic a little bit. Oh, uh, what a nice memory in a COVID time to be like. I used to just pass around a communal yeah drink and just spit into it, and then pass it to my friend, and then they'd spit into it. Oh, what a dream! Oh, yeah, I what would, a dream. I'd pay a hundred dollars to do that right now. There you go. Oh, I mean, you know what? I'm sure it will. I will start spitting in your drink soon enough, Molly. Don't you worry. You get any kind of booze. <laughs> Close to these lips, and baby, oh, I start salivating. Beautiful. <laughs> upsetting? Yes. <laughs> By beautiful, I mean upsetting. <laughs> man, I feel like I'm becoming the brandy man, even though I'm just drinking a wine spritzer right I now. I could easily, easily help you become the brandy man. That's a beautiful thing. You just drink brandy, and there's plenty at the liquor store. They never run out. Because I don't think a lot of people go in and go, give me some brandy. That's the only way you can. I need brandy. Brandy. And they're like, So were why? you inebriated on brandy when you saw Hamilton for the first time, Holden? So uh, let's get into it. I can't believe uh, it. Here we just, go. I was just complaining about how it's like, I thought, just like with Taylor Swift, I was like, I thought I was supposed to like this. And then I genuinely did like it. I saw it with Lexi. You love it. We laughed. We cried. From the very beginning, for some reason, there's something about the, emo like, the mu if the music does hit you right, I think from the very beginning, you just get kind of like, whoa, like awe, like kind of awe-inspired a little bit. Like, I was weirdly emotional from the beginning. I was like, this is not good. I will say, too, though, I'm weirdly emotional about a lot of movies these days because... I'm fucking uh, a caged fucking animal, okay? <laughs> yes, everyone is upset. And also, I do want to say sidebar real fast. Thank you guys so much for everyone that reached out to me last week and throughout this week, and I apologize for being so upset. But thank you guys so much for giving me the ability to get some of that off my chest. And then, you know, we got to... Sometimes you gotta push it back deep down in there. And I just want to say to every, I just want to say to everybody that reached out, you know, yeah, whatever. Don't you whatever. <laughs> Don't put them in whatever jail hold in. Don't you put just because you're almost incapable of feeling Can unless I you're put the brandy all man. Of our listeners, I want to put them all in whatever jail. So, no, no, no. But going back to Hamilton, it was one of those things where I'm just like, this is supposed to be amazing, right? And then I watched it and I was like, yeah, this was amazing. I I cried, genuinely cried at the end, and I didn't even think I would, but I was like, just call. And I think it was more just like the fucking vocals in this. The, the the choreography it was just so beautiful to me the the um like the sisters or whatever their stuff was just so beautiful to me I mean the whole thing though I did thoroughly enjoy it funnily enough my one thing is maybe I would actually could imagine a better Hamilton than Lin-Manuel Miranda that was like the Whoa. one thing where I was like he's a he's great in it and obviously he wrote an amazing thing like he I think he did amazing work 
but I could actually maybe see a better Hamilton there than him because it's like it's just a lot for him to take. I feel like well, he just... took six years to write it, so he should <laughs> play whatever he wants to play. And he in does it, okay? do a good job. I'm not saying like he I, it was like glaringly bad, but like if I were to give a critique, I would say that's the one. But yeah, it's so funny. And then the second that I'm like, I watched it, I loved it, it made me cry. I go on Twitter, and guys, it's really cool to think that musical sucks now. And I just, just like it was cool to think Taylor Swift sucks. So it's just like, okay, I guess I'm bad again. I guess I'm You're weird, bad at it. I guess weirdly in, in this day and age, even though there's far worse things, obviously, to, to uh, shit on and, you know, through social media, I'm like in the category of shitty people that like this like massively successful, sold out through 2025 world touring incredible thing. And I tested with my mom about it because she loved it too. And it was a really nice way for us to communicate with each other, uh, to have a nice excuse to talk about something that's that brings us light in this world. But I guess I'm a fucking bastard, Jackie. And, yes. and Jackie, Holden's you. canceled. <laughs> this honestly, I thought it would be about something much worse. <laughs> I've been waiting to cancel Holden for years, oh my God, dude, and I did so not much, think it would be about Hamilton. This so is much worse. It. We finally yeah. can't handle him anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, we thought it was going to be the government-regulated lie detector test that I was going to have to take in 2022, but no, it actually ended up being uh, my love of Ooh, Hamilton. Ooh, what kind of questions do they ask for the lie detector <laughs> test, though? <laughs> dude, you don't even know. It's going to be given to us by a fucking cyborg, too. It's going to be oh, awful. Oh, no, man. It's going to be a robot just being, like, cyborg? just being like, who are you attracted besides your boyfriend? That'll be <laughs> uh, like one of them. That'll be one of them. Anyone, anyone that moves. I haven't seen Hamilton on Disney Plus yet. And I think that there's two main things I want to say. One is that if you like Hamilton, it's totally fine. No one's going to cancel you. And of course, I love, <laughs> Why would you, you I, I love everybody who loves musical theater. And I support anybody who is moved by musical theater. I think it's great. I also think there is a there is a kind of person who rises to the top in terms uh-huh. of the loudest type of person who yes. likes Hamilton, who kind of makes it their identity. Uh, yes. Especially when it was like you could only get tickets for $500 or whatever. Those people, I think, might be where the ire should be directed at. And I guess the third thing is that the critique of Hamilton that I do think is interesting and not at all worth getting into on the show is that, like, <laughs> perhaps it is, like, a complicated thing to paint to, to tell a story about the founders of this country as heroes, even though this is a kind of reimagining of it. Um, yeah. And I think that that actually is like a really interesting question. Like, should do these people deserve this type of reimagining or this type of retelling? And I think arguably they don't. And I think that's the the good critique Especially of it. Especially with but like all black cast and all this kind of stuff. I totally get right. that. The, the, the reimagining is obviously trying to do something interesting about the fact that all those people were slave owners, right? But I think that when it comes down to it, they were almost all slave owners. And that's, I think, the main critique. But yeah, I mean, musicals are great. And, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda is you know, knows how to charm the pants off of people. And I think mm-hmm. it's fine. And I've uncanceled you. Uh, thank you. And she's holding a wand right now, by the way. She's holding her uncancel wand. And it's lighting wand up. Is a white claw. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the wand is a white claw. It's lighting up. It's incredible. I almost feel like I'm I in that scene with E.T. A- 
<laughs> bottle of Irish mist? I didn't think that you oh missed it. Kind of close. <laughs> disturbing. Disgusting. But anyways, Jackie, yeah, neither, the by the way, I'm talking to two people who don't like Hamilton who've never seen Hamilton. So maybe we'll check back in when you've actually sat down and watched the musical, Whoa. maybe. Ouch, thrown under the bus we are. <laughs> thrown under the bus we are. Can I still quote Yoda? Um, I think that that's something that he said in one of the newer ones. And yes, I haven't seen it. I've seen parts of it, and I was feeling very upset on the 4th of July because, uh, you know, of just my, of, I was betwixt, I love the 4th of July, this year I didn't, I think a lot of people understand why, I really just wanted to eat hot dogs in silence, and it was on in my house, and I was getting frustrated just at the idea of everything, you know, when you're just being a pissy patty. I was being a pissy patty on the 4th of July. I wanted to eat my hot dog in the dark. And um, I didn't. I did eat my hot dog in the light. I wish you but had. But Henry overcooked them. And all of the moisture came out of them. And I had to dip my dehydrated dogs into mayonnaise. Because I couldn't put them into the bun. Because there wasn't enough meat to bun ratio. Fuck you, Jackie. But that's a whole wow. other story. <laughs> Wait. Last week on Japanese, in the chat, you asked me, did I give Freddie ketchup with her hot dog like it was something I shouldn't do? And you put mayo on a hot dog? I love mayo on the hot dog. I oh, use, I like wow. mayo and I mix mayo and mustard. I've got my mayo stirred. Mayo, and I put my mayo, mayo stirred on the hot dog. Yes. Ugh. But also, I do want to congratulate your child, because we haven't brought this up yet, who has eaten their first hot dog. Yeah, she's finally a hot dog kid. My kid is... Uh, if you want to know what being a parent is like right now, just imagine somebody who will absolutely not reliably eat any one thing more than once. But maybe mangoes, maybe it's only mangoes, and then you buy all the mangoes and it's like absolutely not, you know? And so never a mango. <laughs> it's a it's really an adventure. And so and I was like I was like, I'm at a I'm coming I gotta feed this kid, you know, five times a day. I'm coming up empty. Uh, and so I've tried to resort to like real kid staples, chicken nuggets, hot dogs, mac and cheese. Sometimes they're wins, sometimes they're not. But when the, she ate, but now, then the, you the, get like, some afterwards. Yeah. And so uh, she has now hot dogs seem to be on the on the uh, temporarily approved list. And it's Hell very yeah. exciting. And I felt, um, you know, I don't feel anything but negative feelings about the 4th of July other than I loved hanging out outside and drinking outside and partying outside and all that. But obviously the origins of the holiday don't mean anything to me, but a hot dog party. Yes. Yes. And so I was very happy that I could serve the kid a hot dog on the 4th of July and at least feel like I was channeling the summer 2020 that I can't make exist, but that I am dreaming of. She was wearing a swimsuit, even though yeah, we don't ha- have a pool. She was great. eating a hot dog. It's fine. <laughs> Spray her with the sink water, and then it's like she's at the beach. She also she went in the, in, the, in the fire hydrant, so that was a big a big win. The New York City fire hydrant summer is a summer that I, you know, that's like the main reason to have kids here. So I was right. excited to bring her into the fire hydrant. Very and nice. that's pretty awesome. But I will say maybe it's possible in the future that Zelda will eat more because Henry was the pickiest 
baby alive to the point that my mom, like my mom would have to like take hot dogs and rip the, you know, you have to take like the skin off, She'd rip the skin off it while it was still hot. But also every noodle had to be individually like separate on a plate. And that's all you'd eat. You'd only eat oh buttered God. noodles and skinned hot dogs. That was all he would eat. And if he was in the mood for it and I ate everything under the sun because I think it was, you know, in a way of like, I'm better than he is that started young. And right. that's what you really gotta you got you gotta push that like don't you want to be better than them? <laughs> yeah, Zelda already will eat whatever, but and then with Freddie, it's like I can't hold it against her because I was an extremely picky eater. So it's like I get it, you know. I'm a texture person. I didn't like mashed potatoes till I was like 22 years old. Whoa. Whoa. Do you like the chunks though? Now you're are you a chunky girl? Now I'll eat anything. Whenever there's those Facebook memes, I mean, I was a vegetarian for a long time, but like there when there's those Facebook memes of like. How picky eater are you? What's your score? One point for everything you won't eat. There's like almost, I don't think that there's anything. I mean, sometimes when I watch Chopped and they have to eat like, you know, Rocky Mountain oysters, like balls and stuff. I don't want to eat balls or brains. That's balls. That's what that is. I don't really want to eat any experimental meats. Like I still only eat meat here and there and it's only very straightforward meats but if you take experimental meats off the table i'll eat anything now but it you know it took me a while so i i do not have any animus for a picky eater other than the brain space that it takes to figure out how to feed them it's like a full time my brain i can't the reason i don't know anything about pop culture is because i'm always just like maybe a pear about it all the time I mean, I do the same thing, but with myself. I'm like, what am I in the mood for? Which is actually a lot more fun than trying to um, feed children. <laughs> Just like what's also a lot of fun is making America hot again. Which, y'all, guys, we live in the perfect year 2020. This our year of saviorship. Because I am here to tell y'all. That Paris Hilton is running for the president of the United States. I think that it's a lie. I believe that all of this is a joke. I think that it is a jest, unlike Kanye's presidential campaign. I think that this is in jest. Because what she is saying, you gotta watch this interview on her social media. Someone asked her, she's like, Look, what are you gonna do about the White House? She goes, I'm gonna paint it pink. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be called the pink house now. I love those sorts of changes. I would like to understand a little bit more of what her physical policy is, as uh, as well as some foreign stuff. I want to see if she does know any other languages, what delegates she's been in contact with, you know, the standard things uh, that one would need to know, one would think, if a reality star were to become the president. Now, of course... I don't understand, but she wants to take the Oval Office and turn it into a heart-shaped office. So... <laughs> we obviously live in a world where only reality stars can become president, and if I was going to choose one, I think that Paris Hilton is, like, rising to the top. I'm trying to think of other reality stars that would even be in my top three. You know what? I kind of like the nuttiness of a Kirstie Alley. Like, if we're going to go for it, you know, I want, like, fresh hell. Kir or Kirstie Alley? Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley? Ugh. I think it's Kirstie Ugh. Alley. <laughs> Whatever with her. But keep going. <laughs> what, are you against it? I want babies to talk inside of their brains. <laughs> and I want fat actress to be the head of our country. I don't actually want Paris Hilton to do it, but I do think that this is just in jest. 
as opposed to, again, Kanye West, who is apparently for real. You got to read this Forbes. I know if you want to read the Forbes interview that he did about his presidential platform. What I'm here to remind y'all <laughs> is that don't vote for him because you think it's funny. Because his platform is very dangerous and very upsetting. <laughs> and remember last time? Don't vote for anybody because you think it's funny. And I just, we got to remember that, There's guys. a lot of cryptic God talk that is very uh, frightening. If you do actually get into the nitty gritty of this whole thing, a lot of anti-vaccine talk, which is always... No, an- no vaccines are the mark of the beast, which is what he said. <laughs> so it is the- saying the phrase, the mark of the beast, in a in, in, in an on-earnest way during an interview about your political platform is a, just an immediate uh, red hat. I'm sorry, red flag. So just don't, <laughs> do, this. don't do that. <laughs> Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And also, if you agree with him, that is fine. I guess it's just this is all his platform is horrifying although i will say he does want to run under the a new party called the birthday party Which because he fun. says that's when fun. we win it's everybody's birthday that's how he could win that's how he that's can how win. we can win the thing about kanye is you you try to quit him 100 percent, and then he'll, he'll he'll say one thing where you're like okay <laughs> uh, so that's funny. nice yeah but funny. yeah no he's uh i if you had told me in 2012 that i would be voting for either paris hilton or kanye west i absolutely would have said kanye West 100% and the fact that in 2020 I'm voting for Paris Hilton instead of Kanye West is very hard for me to deal with but a lot of unexpected things have happened so I'm just running with it yeah well I mean he does say that uh, just like with vaccines Kanye says they want to put chips inside of us they want to do all kinds of things to make it where we can't cross the gates of heaven and if that there's one thing I think about I think of vaccines and getting into the gates of heaven. Those I've got it. I got it. That's all I ever a two-pronged brain just like a cat stick. <laughs> That's what I think about. And um he also if you just please again look up about his platform if you're even considering this. He wants to make Elon Musk the head of space. That's fine, I guess. Ugh. He's just no. going to give it to him because they have a bromance. He also does, he believes that uh, he's firmly against Planned Parenthood as well as he's pro-life as well, which um, is very scary right now. And uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm fumbling my words because all, I can't even believe I'm saying these things. <laughs> but in reading it, I can just see that like four years ago, people were like, ah, Donald Trump, no way he's going to win. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye can't even be anywhere close to this, guys. I am i don't think he's actually filed the paperwork, but I do think that he would get a bunch of people to write him in if he wasn't on the ballot. Yes. Yes. So it yes. is worth saying 
don't vote for Kanye, even if this is actually just Kanye making everything about Kanye as Kanye does. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I do appreciate that they're like, oh, are you just doing this to promote your next album? And he's like, no, no, no. I give my way. My album is free. Why would I do this to promote my next album? He is. I will say he's right. He doesn't need to do this to promote his next album. Everybody is aware of what Kanye does and also when he claims he's going to be releasing albums. Everyone follows him to the T. Yeah, every new yeah, right. If there's one person who does not need to promote a new album, it is Kanye. Totally. Yeah. That's not I don't think that's why any of this is happening. I think this is happening for far more devious uh purposes, uh for Yeah, sure. I think he he truly does have some some uh bad brain going on and did you did you already mention that that he's missed out already on nine states three of the biggest states uh to be on the ballot for he's already missed out on so i just i was i don't know anything (laughs) so molly you know way more i don't know anything about campaigns can he actually (laughs) run for president at this point I don't know the the the, la- the latest story that I saw that was that he actually hasn't any hasn't filed any paperwork. No, uh, he has like a month. It. He has like a month to actually make this happen. And I, I mean, I think that not for nothing. I think that there are a lot of young alienated people uh, who don't like you know who feel like the two party system sucks, and maybe those people would be like, yeah, whatever, I'll write Kanye in, and which I which I actually think is like you know worth considering a thousand percent yeah like that's not great and it is a reflection of i think you know our, uh, it's not great the entire i'm not i'm feeling a lot of not great feelings about the entire situation um and i think that, that kanye swinging in on a chandelier is not going to help anything um you know because again there's a lot of people who are going to be but like what if it's a, what if it's a chandelier on the chandelier or not, Cecilia as the VP. Would that change? I'm it? ready for it. Although I will say oh, yeah. that Paris Hilton, when asked who her running mate would be, she said Rihanna because she's so fucking fierce. <laughs> That's and, great. Uh, sure, it's fun. I would absolutely, honestly, be like thrilled to vote for Paris Hilton and Rihanna at this point. Mm-hmm. But you know who I would follow all the way to the president of the United States? It is Bill Pullman. Because, so we, the other day we were talking about the movie While You Were Sleeping. I loved While You Were Sleeping. While You Were Sleeping, I believe was came out in maybe like 93 or 94. Sandra Bullock falls in love with this man who who's in a coma because she helps him because she works at a subway station. And helps him and pretends to be his girlfriend. But then falls in love with her his brother while he's in the coma, who's Bill Pullman. That aside, I'm in love with Bill Pullman. And I think that he played a great watching Holden's face. Try and follow my train of thought is delightful. (laughs) Holden, what do you think about Bill Pullman? You know, I think he's a dude that's definitely been around the block. I think he has. um, Are you calling him a slut? Are you slut shaming Bill Pullman? Bill Pullman? Yeah, he had his fair share of strange. you know, I think he's definitely intercontinental with his strange, and so I support him as America's uh, dad and America's president. Wow. <laughs> and he is, I mean, if you watch Independence Day, he's a great president. So if we're going to start throwing names into the ring, I think it's Bill Pullman, because somehow he has gotten even hotter than he was in the 90s. Did you watch the PSA? He put out the very silly PSA as the president of the United States telling everyone to wear their masks. And he looks 
so good <laughs> that you know what? I'll put a mask on right now. I'm inside of my own house <laughs> and I'll wear the mask. I'm surprised because I've never thought that Bull, Bill Pullman was never my type of daddy. But I do think that he has gotten better with age. I will agree with that. You looking at the picture of that bearded daddy, daddy, daddy president? <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, it's between him and I'm not usually a Michael Douglas person, but when, oh, and I am the president. Remember from the American president with him and Annette Benning? <laughs> I am going, I'm having a bit of an Annette Benning moment right now because we've been researching Mars attacks and, um, I kind of want to talk about uh, getting some strange. I think I would actually be interested in intercourse with her. Yeah, any day. Annette Bening is gorgeous. Watch The American President. I'm sure it doesn't hold up. But Richard Dreyfuss is <laughs> I, I did think it was funny. My, my roommate finally did ask me. She was like, you know, you reference Mr. Holland's opus often. <laughs> Do you love Mr. Holland's opus? I was like, I... I think I have a love-hate relationship with Mr. Holland's yeah, Opus. Yeah, totally. I yeah. think about it. I mean, even Holden, I still say it means asshole to each other. Yeah. At least once a week. It's one of those movies I saw growing up. A, I think I saw it at least twice in the movie theater just because I was a bored kid with nothing else to do and just wanted to get out of the house. And then I would just like watch it when it was on on HBO. And it was one of those things where I'm like, I don't even think I like this movie but I've seen it more now than a lot of movies I like. So it's, just, yes, it's like it's that type of movie. It's like it's that genre. syndrome. Yeah, it's that it's genre. It's always on. <laughs> it's always on. I'm going to put both. My two movies like that are both uh, Stepmom and Jack. It's like, <laughs> it's Ooh, on. Both and I've so seen it. sad. Jack is so a great choice. So I guess I'll watch choice. it again. Jack is Jack a great is choice like, for that. I'll watch it if it's on. I don't know why, but I will. And Mr. Holland's Opus is in the same category. Yeah. So upsetting, though. And both Stepmom is still one of those two that gets me. And every time that I put it on, I usually try and shut it off before it gets too sad. But the entire movie is She's dying. So sorry. Spoiler alert. Yeah, stepmom's real sad. Uh, uh, Fucking spoiler alert. Another one I'll throw in that category. Actually, even though I bet people would disagree with me, uh, who's afraid of Gilbert Grape? Oh yeah, definitely the same totally category. in that category. Where it's just like I've it seen always it ten times. It always puts me in like kind of a bad mood, and I'm just like, no, it's what's why? eating Gilbert Grape? What's eating Gilbert Grape? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, why do I keep putting myself through this movie? It puts me in a shit. But I am mood. afraid of Gilbert Grape as well. I'm yeah. afraid of his I am power afraid of him. and of his of his charm. Yeah, same with um, <laughs> same with uh, Powder. Another one that's like that, where it's like too it many. Puts me in a, it just puts me in a terrible mood, and I yet too I just many. watch it every time it's on HBO, and I don't know why. There's something about being a kid when you're like 12, yeah. you like want to watch a movie about something bad happening. This was I found this when I was teaching, and the movie, um, oh, what's that freaking movie with the kid who wears a helmet? Came out a few years ago. Uh, he wears a helmet because he's got like a, a face, oh. dis- like. You know, a disability. Richard that, Helmet. It's the kid. From, oh, it's Richard Helmet. It's the kid. Yeah, from they call Room. him Dick Mitts on the side. The movie Wonder, right? Are you talking about Thank Wonder? You. Wonder. Yes, yes, yes. And all of my like, all of my like fourth and fifth graders were like so into Wonder, and it totally reminded me of like my relationship with like Jack and Stepmom, which was being like ten or twelve and being like. I want to watch a movie about like what if something was like dramatic like it's it's you know it's like so it's like upsetting. a family drama and it really like 
the like vertigo of being a kid and being like, what if I want to like explore the feelings that come with thinking about something that is unfamiliar and scary to me, you know? And I guess that that's what art is supposed to do, but that's right. totally what it's mean. <laughs> I guess that is what Stepmom, like this is terrifying and I need to, I need to fall down with it, you know? <laughs> I feel that way about the, I know that I've talked about this on here before, but I've been wanting to rewatch it lately and it's Benny and June. That's another one of those <laughs> hands down that was so upsetting that I used to be so into, talk about another one of those Johnny Depp movies because I was so in love with both Mary Stuart Madison and Johnny Depp and then as I got older I was like this is wait a second oh this is not I don't know if they should be having sex but that sex scene I thought was so beautiful and I was like that was around the time that I think I was starting to download a lot of very slow porn images online and so I just loved the beauty of the sex scene and I believe the song was have a little faith in me right the when the road get, or is it night moves it's either night moves or have a little faith in me I think it's when the road gets dark and you can no longer see remember that yeah I remember. <laughs> You're lying. You're lying. But also Aiden Quinn, Hachi Maji. If, if we're talking about the 90s and we're talking about watching things to purposefully get upset, we have to talk about unsolved mysteries. I'm yes. a broken Ugh. record. I watched Unsolved Mysteries to get scared in my house alone in the morning. It was on at 10 in the morning on Lifetime and I'd have to close all the windows and I didn't care how light out it was outside, I would be absolutely terrified for the entire rest of the day. And that's the feeling you're supposed to have when you watch Unsolved Mysteries. And if you're not scared to be alone, then you're not really watching Unsolved Mysteries. I think, and I know, this is, Holden even said he was going to be our referee here. Uh-huh. I've watched the new Unsolved Mysteries. Okay, all right. So we're getting and, into it. Uh, are we beginning the debate? Is that what we're saying right now? And I have watched it. I have watched only one episode, but I did watch the first episode, and I enjoyed it. So just all putting right. that out there at the beginning. Let's, let's do a point counterpoint. Um, I think I put my oh, I have my phone right here. I put it off to the side so it wouldn't distract me. But I will bring it back into the equation. Uh, who uh, wants to go first? Uh, let's just say since um, since Jackie's being a negative Nancy, we'll I'm give... not being the negative Nancy. I'm not. <laughs> I think I might be being the negative Nancy. You're She's being the, pro... the negative Nancy. Oh, oh, I'm the never busy mind. Patty. Jackie's not the negative Nancy. Jackie hates Hamilton. She's the she pro likes poly. Unsolved mysteries. So we will uh, let her. Uh, we will let you go first, Molly, so that she can get her rebuttal. And you okay. have. Uh, I'm going to give you. Actually, I'll give you 45 seconds, and your time okay. starts right now. Unsolved Mysteries is supposed to be an amalgamation of four to five uh, poorly told mysteries. Three of them um, have to be actual murder mysteries. Two of them have to be supernatural or ghost stories. Uh, and they have to be reenacted by the actual victims of the crimes. It has to be hosted by Robert Stack. And it just has to be uh, just a kind of, you don't need a deep dive. It's the most shallow of dives. Just enough to make you terrified. All right. Time. Time. I get it. All right, Jackie, I am penalizing you for not liking Hamilton. You get 40 seconds. Oh, <laughs> that is not fair, but seconds. fine. I will be and, dealt the hand I am given. And go. 
See, the thing is, is that sometimes Time. we need the deep dive so that we can <laughs> learn more about the case. I was invested. By the end of the first episode, I want to know what happened to Ray Rivera. Where did yes. he go? All of the signs point to the fact that he didn't commit suicide. What happened? And it opens your eyes to the fact that this shit can happen Anytime you can just go missing and people like, oh, no, this happened. And it's like, no, 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 no. There's no way that happened. And watching the fight to me is so interesting in the human experience that I've never. Molly wins. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think that is true. (laughs) In the the spirit of debate, I actually agree with um it's it's the anti-spirit of debate i agree with everything you said it was a great episode <laughs> that is the anti-spirit a great of mystery <laughs> <laughs> it's a it was a i enjoyed watching it it just was not unsolved mysteries it was i understand a different show yeah that that's was what like i was gonna a, ask what 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 are the key differences here in terms of the original and this remake even if you are going to go deep, I you know deep dive or or not is actually kind of irrelevant because as you guys know, my favorite episode of Unsolved Mysteries is the deep dive on the case of the prisoners who tried to escape from Alcatraz, and so a deep dive is fun. fine. So I take that part back. I think that what the difference is is that there's no narration. Obviously, Robert Stag, we're not going to have the reanimated corpse of Robert Stag narrating it. So that that's a a dream I have to let die. But there's no. Um, I guess if I had to pick one thing, it really is that you have to have just an absolutely baffling non-mystery thrown in there. Like you have to have like somebody who just like, yes, right. Somebody who just like, uh, you know, wants is a hundred years old and wants to find the, you know, five-year-old sister who went on the orphan train to the Midwest and then they find each other. It's like you need... You know, or 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 just the story about doors closing in a haunted house. Like it needs to be a little bit supernatural. Uh-huh. Um, yes, and it just this needs is to, true it, crime. This is all true crime stuff. Right? This is just this this just could have been any literally any other well done good true crime show. It was just like here's a really intense and interesting mystery, right? Which is totally fine, and it is unsolved in the sense that they don't exactly know what happened. It seems they will have more supernatural stuff though in the future is what it seems. But I completely understand what you're saying, Molly. You are completely right. It takes the schlock out of unsolved mysteries and puts a polish on it that just makes it an upsetting show to watch which i love to be upset and i would add that the schlock is not purposeful schlock and that's why it's you can't recreate a show that was a hundred percent earnest yet a hundred percent ridiculous like right this is just this is just a well-done show and unsolved mysteries was just a fundamentally i think not a well-done show and i think that that's really like the disconnect the fun of it it's it 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 weirdly makes real true crime like campy somehow like with corny reenactments and stuff that would have been yes. what they purposely did corny reenactments stuff. i will say yes, yes, uh, yes one cool thing though and i know that you sent this to us jackie is that they are actually taking tips and they've already received yeah. some useful tips to send to the yeah. fbi and at least they're still doing that i think if they didn't do that i would have zero respect for this Yes, whole situation, yes, but agreed. at least they're staying true to that part of it which did make the show come alive I think in a big way, just like America's Most Wanted, you know, it was like the thrill 
of like I could actually solve a fucking murder watching this. Perhaps TV it's show, you, you know, which is that is the fun side of it that you can still be an active participant in it and also to follow these cases now in a way that we couldn't do when Unsolved Mysteries was on the air that like I never looked up any of the th- you know it's like how do you look it up back then pre-internet that was always the scary thing you'd be like working at, at a hotel or something and you're watching uns- uh, America's Most Wanted and the dude who just walked in and got a room like is the, is dude. the guy <laughs> yeah and that's a, that's what makes Unsolved Mysteries so spooky you know because yeah. it's like and then all of the updates, because every story on Unsolved Mysteries is now updated because they are been around for so long. All the updates are like twelve minutes after our broadcast aired, somebody called and we and it's like it is yeah. It's and, crazy. and for some reason, I feel like there's like America's Most Wanted. There is something about the like manhunt style of America's Most Wanted that always made me like pretty uncomfortable. But Unsolved Mysteries, uh-huh. sometimes it was manhunt, but again, sometimes it was like you know. Have you seen this nice boy who hasn't, you know, who who wants to meet his school teacher from the year nineteen twenty eight? Like, and it was like we need more. You know, levity. And so there was always, yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Some of that we need some 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 levity and some spookiness. Yeah, that's not just straight up murder. Yeah, and and yes. it is spooky. I'll tell you what is also spooky. What is it, Holden? The possible fact that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck never wrote Goodwill Hunting? Oh. oh my god. Is the intention that they found the script? Well, I do love the play Matt and Ben where uh and Lexi actually performed this play uh at the People's Improv Theater before all that stopped. And it, it the play is literally about the script just falling from the sky onto their lap. And, uh, and and for good reason that this play was written because, you know, one of the pieces of evidence is like, they never wrote anything like this again. <laughs> like, ever again. Nor did they even, like, collaborate in this way again, which is kind of baffling. Can I do a confession alert? I've what? never seen Goodwill Hunting. Whoa! Now, wow. is it the kind of thing that in this at this point in my life, do I need to see it? Yeah, I would watch it. I love Goodwill Hunting. I, I think I still love Goodwill Hunting. I saw it fairly recently for some reason, now. and I still liked it. Yeah. And I did not think, I was like, this is going to be a movie that meant so much to me when I was 12 and is not going to hold up. And I don't think it meant as much to me as it did when I was 12, but I was right. like, yeah, this is this is well done. And in fact, it is so well done that it's kind of baffling that yeah. it is a Matt Damon and Ben Affleck project. And their first ever thing. And, it, and, it's, right. and it's just a really tight script, too. Like, if you just look at it from a script writing perspective, it is a very airtight script. And also, Jackie, if nothing else, it is one of Robin Williams' best performances in a film. See, this is why I always confused it, which this is an abomination, I think. I always confuse it with the movie with honors, which has Joe Pesci and Brendan Fraser and Patrick I Dempsey. I can't believe you're bringing that movie up because I was literally, before we changed the subject, I was about to bring up with honors as another one of those movies that no, you, you weren't. And we like, why have I seen this movie so many times? Like, so many times. I've seen it so <laughs> many no times. Reason. I've seen it so many times. It's not very good. It's kind of boring. It's got a very predictable outcome. There's nothing really in it that is inspiring or like good. It it is no, the anti-Goodwill hunting. And yet, I, <laughs> and yet I've seen it probably more times than Goodwill hunting. That is so upsetting. <laughs> so anyways, I so here it. we go. 
Part one, the script and the Oscar. Ooh. During his final year of college at Harvard, Matt Damon wrote 40 pages of a screenplay in a playwriting class after being tasked to write a one-act play that then took the script to his childhood friend, Ben Affleck, and together they finished it, that, and this would eventually win them an Oscar, and the rest is history. Or is it? <laughs> this is a man named Bernard Cohen's side of the story. Bernard Cohen graduated from MIT in 1962 and has been a lifelong NYC resident and a man who wears many hats. Artist, writer, waiter, bartender, chauffeur, and movie extra. All this is to say, failed actor. Whoa. One day, <laughs> while hanging out at a- He, ha- he wears many hats, Holden, okay? <laughs> failed actor. It's a failed we all actor. wear many hats. That equation equals failed actor. One day, while hanging out at a Columbus bakery, Cohen claims he met aspiring producer Chris Moore and told him about a movie in which a janitor is also this math genius, an idea he got from a gifted frat brother who went to MIT starting at the age of 16. Cohen said, I thought Moore was someone else and started talking to him. I asked, do you know someone younger who could help me finish it? He also said, I didn't have anything in writing. It was all verbal. I didn't even ask for a part, but I said, when it wins Best Original Screenplay, I want to thank you, and I want uh, you to finance my next film. None of this happened, did it? (gasps) The evidence against what we already said. The fact that Damon and Affleck were first-time screenplay writers, just kids, really, at the time, and they win an Oscar for the first thing they do This puzzles many. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that either Damon or Affleck did not write much of anything else over the next 20 plus years after they won the statue led more folks to be skeptical. I would be as well. Yeah. Cohen maintains that he contacted Moore after the Oscar win, but that, quote, Moore acted like he didn't know anything and told me not to call him again. I was (gasps) double-crossed. You can't do it the way I did it, obviously. I figured it was such a ball of fire. It didn't matter what I gave away. Or I figured I was such a ball of fire. He thought he was hot shit at the time. So he was like, whatever, it's fine. And now he regrets it because he's a waiter. Uh, That's what you get, you liar and you fraud. Damon's silence, the final chapter. Uh-oh. When the New York Post reached out to Matt Damon about the controversy, a spokesman told them, Matt is unavailable. He is currently out of the country on an extended holiday with his family. Interesting. Very interesting. I agree with you, Holden. Thank you. You don't even have to ask the question. I think they wrote it. I think they wrote it. But you can you can disagree with me if you want. Why don't you? Why why do you why do you think they wrote it? All right, I'll at least say this. Um, This guy having this basic ass idea and telling someone about it in a diner means nothing it's the part where you sit down and you write an entire screenplay that's really good that is the the hard part part. yeah i think a lot of uh people who fancy themselves a writer thinks that their precious idea will be stolen upon a from them by uh accidentally talking about it with other people but it's like that's not the part that's hard the part that's hard is when you sit down with your great idea and actually make a script out of it that's why i you know how many times i've brought up the idea of the miz Doing an all-black version <laughs> uh, of right. Lame is call it's it the Miz. Such a good we'll idea. Set it in Haiti. Great idea. During yeah. the French takeover, this is the best idea that exists. Yeah. And yet, it's still, no one is taking it, it and phoned with it. And if you have, 
please let me know because I want to come see it and I'd like to be able to at least be the stage manager of it. See, this is where, I know it's a great idea. But this is where you got to stop being a hater because this is exactly where Lin-Manuel Miranda comes in. Whoa. And that's the part where you're fucking up Because right he now. writes it? Because he writes it! You sit down, you collaborate with him. It. You make him do all the rip-rap stuff. You just kind of- right. I'll get you, him on the phone. Yeah. I'll get him on the phone. Exactly. You bring the breasts, he'll bring the the, the rest. The best. Yeah. <laughs> the rest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always bringing the breast. <laughs> Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I, I do think that there is um, zero evidence that Ben Affleck or Matt Damon can write other than it's this true. one movie. And so I do think I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm in the I want to believe camp here because the, they're, they're, Matt Damon is a good actor. He probably has some depth to him. I don't think that Ben Affleck is as deep as a you know, a shallow pool. Yeah, but don't you and, remember don't the peacock believe, tattoo, Molly? I don't know if you can write something that good and then not show any interest in writing anything for the next I, I, I I'm going to go ahead and throw a couple out there in terms of at least Ben Affleck. He has cr- screenplay Reddit for uh, The Town, which he also directed, which I did actually think was very good. Also, That was a good movie. Also, Gone Baby Gone, he has the screenplay credit for, and that was also... Okay. Pretty good. Uh, let me look at Damon. And Matt now. Damon's got to have a bunch of screen screenwriting credits, right? Maybe. I don't know if he does. That's the weirdest part because he was the one who was like the flagship of the of Goodwill Hunt. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm about to eat my hat, and he's actually written a bunch of shit. Oh, uh, this is hilarious. They both have screenplay writing credit for a movie called The Last Duel, which is currently filming. But other than that. <laughs> <laughs> And he wrote Promised Land, but I don't know. Uh, I never saw that one. It's not hard to imagine writing a successful movie with somebody and then not ever working with them again. Yeah. That's quite easy right. to understand. Oh, well, all right. I'll watch Goodwill Hunting and I will come back and I'll give you guys. I'm not going to watch Goodwill Hunting, but I might. Watch it. I you might should. look it up. I would it love to talk about Goodwill Hunting with you next week, but also unrelated. And I don't even, maybe I shouldn't even put this out there yet because we all got a lot going on. But we have to, if we continue our Gili. Um, style movie watching club, which I want to. S- multiple people have now contacted me to say that the next movie has to be Chasing Amy because it's another Ben Affleck movie where he's trying to date a lesbian. And I think that we just have to only watch movies where Ben Affleck <laughs> is trying to date a lesbian from now on. Uh, oh I will say God. the main character is Holden McNeil. I was a big Kevin what? Smith fan. Yes, I was a big Kevin Smith fan too growing up. I also have a similar uh, story to Chasing Amy, <laughs> one might argue, uh, as well. And so that's also weird. And people call that out a lot. And uh, But I will say, Chasing Amy does uh, not hold up. I haven't <laughs> seen it, it, it since high school. I've seen it <laughs> Very not upsetting. Too, too long ago. It doesn't super hold up. I still love mall rats. Like, I have a special place in my heart for mall rats. It's oh, yeah. ridiculous and probably problematic, but I do just absolutely kind of 
kind of love it. But they definitely wrote that movie, so we can give them the accolades for that, or were in the movie and made the movie. But now it's time for the list. Oh. Who's, Who's on, the, on list? the list? Jackie! Jackie. Gotta, have gotta, that gotta have list. that list. Also, also, breaking news right here live on page seven. Uh, Kate Hudson and Anne Hathaway are said to be reuniting for a remake of Death Becomes Her with Robert Downey Jr. as the earnest of, uh, role of Ernest Melville, Minville, and most importantly, Lady Gaga to play the mysterious and wealthy socialite, Lisley Von Ruman. I need Ruman. to wrap my brain around that. All right, so Lady Gaga is <laughs> going to be the Isabella Rossellini character? <laughs> okay. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Hudson and Anne Hathaway. And that's my problem. That's my problem with it. <laughs> That's where my problem lies. Are you a Hathaway hater? I know my ex. I'm not a Hathaway hater. Hated Anne Hathaway. The Death becomes her is four character actors. It is mm. that is that is not a movie. And I enjoy. You know what? Anne Hathaway also did a great job in Les Mis. She's good at what she does. But that's what like I think that there are just so many other opportunities to give that amazing fucking role to someone else which is again why I keep talking about how much I love Perry Mason because Perry Mason the show on HBO has been plugged in with awesome character actors and at that mm-hmm. that is the only part that kind of drives me crazy and that is just my go to feeling about that anybody else <laughs> <laughs> right I love, I love death becomes her it's one of my favorite <laughs> movies and I guess Robert Downey Jr. will do well, but also, have you rewatched Death Becomes Her lately? Death Becomes I need to Her it. is so good. Bruce Willis is so good in it. Everyone is so good in it. I like the campiness of it. Oh, they're going to destroy it. <laughs> oh, they're going to destroy it. I'm trying to figure out who's directing it, but I can't uh, find it quick enough, so we can move on to the list. Why are they remaking it? <laughs> Why are they remaking? All right, that is just, that's, sorry. We'll get back, I gotta get back to the list. (laughs) We're finishing last week's list. Now I'm mad. (laughs) Now I'm angry about it. Now I'm upset. They can't take away the past, Jackie. Whatever they do, they cannot take away the past, okay? You'll always have the original. We're always gonna have the original, and we can't also take away the past of the possibility that Chris Farley could have been Shrek. But again, please listen to the Wizard and the Bruiser episode on Mm -hmm. Shrek to hear more about that. Because today we are talking about the times actors completely rewrote their characters. And yes, we would be remiss if Michael Myers was not on this list. Because again, if you want to hear some more dirt on Mike Myers, please head over to the Wayne's World episode of Pop History as well. But Mike Myers completely changed what he was doing for Shrek because originally Chris Farley was supposed to have it. You tell the story, Holden. You know it better than I do. Uh, Well, Chris Farley, of course, passed away in an untimely manner. He had actually done... You can go on YouTube and listen to his take on the character because he'd done a bunch of work on it. I think... Like a lot of work on it. I think even maybe yes. three quarters of the film were finished or yes. something like that. And then he was replaced by Mike, by Mike Myers. Those poor sound engineers. Because then after that, he got through like, did he get through all of it or through most of most it? Most of it. And was like, actually, I should do a Scottish accent. Which honestly, I mean, I do think is probably better at the end of the day. Really makes the character defines him. But 
Um, yeah, they definitely had to re-record it again. All of his dialogue. So much. Donkey. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of a Shrek head over here. Even though, yes, I have just seen the first one for the first time. And it was delightful. But something I have oddly seen too many times that is on this list is the Pelican Brief. Talk we, about mid-90s movies. It's another one of those. Definitely, definitely in that category. Yep. Yeah. I would say this doesn't put me in as bad of a mood as the other movies we talked no. about, though. But it is a movie I'm like, why have I seen this so many times? Other than I grew up in a very John Grisham household. My dad's a lawyer and an Same. avid book reader. Love John Grisham. Grisham. But I even, my, one of my first books I ever read was The Client. <laughs> like first, like adult books. Like first, like big, big boy books. That was one of the first movies I remember seeing and being like really like titillated into it it's like a long came a spider all those weird movies from the 90s that they <laughs> turned into. i'm dropping good names today guys <laughs> and apparently julie roberts used to get a lot of shit because there was no romance betwixt the two in 1993's the pelican brief though denzel mm. washington and julie roberts were originally meant to share love scenes roberts later revealed that they were cut at Denzel Washington's insistence. Mm. She says, I've taken so much shit over the years about not kissing Denzel in that film. Don't I have a pulse? Of course I wanted to kiss Denzel. It was his idea to take the damn scenes out. <laughs> Denzel Washington later revealed that he refused an on-screen romance with Roberts due to his concerns about offending his audience with an interracial relationship. This is 1993. Unfortunately, that day isn't even that long ago that he had to worry about this. Wow. He says, black women are not often seen as objects of desire on film. They've always been my core audience, Denzel Washington explained. So that really makes it such an awesome hero move of him just being like, no. We're not doing this. Yeah. And it just even it's crazy though. 1993 was not that long ago in my brain. Wow. You know? Mm-hmm. That's actually mm-hmm. a good who that's the most interesting thing I've heard about the Pelican Brief to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um this is also spoiler alert for the very for the very important movie Rampage with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I have seen this is another movie I've seen a couple of times. I, I saw it. I, I saw it in the. I believe I saw it in the theater. Uh, incredibly high, and it yeah. was right on the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly what exactly you what see. I paid for. Happy to give them money again if they want it. And apparently, when Dwayne the Rock Johnson first read the script, he said, "So the script comes in, and I'm reading it, and at the end of it, George dies." I'm like, "No, did I miss something?" He continued, "I don't like a sad ending." Life brings that shit. I don't want it in my movies. When the credits roll, I want to feel great. So, after sitting through a meeting in which the filmmakers tried to justify George's demise, Johnson (laughs) finally put his foot down. Either George lived or The Rock would walk. Thankfully, (laughs) the writers acquiesced to Johnson's request and audience was spared a teary ending. Such a silly, what a fun thing to throw your weight around about. That's I love this story. I think it's I think it's delightful. I love the ways that people can actually put their foot down and and have it mean something. Or, you know, in the case of Crispin Glover, he insisted on cutting his character's dialogue in Charlie's Angels. Throw it out there. I forgot that Crispin Glover was in Charlie's yeah. Angels. <laughs> Anybody else? Yep. Yeah, I didn't I, I don't even man, have I even actually watched that movie? I remember the music videos and stuff, but 
Did you know that Harrison Ford insisted on the end of his Star Wars character? <gasps> you love Star Wars. You're a nerd. Oh, my God. It's my favorite thing ever. You know what's funny is I have not seen the final film to end, like, the new trilogy. I was just laughing about this the other day. It's free. It's on Disney+. Plus. I've seen every other one, like, in the theater. <laughs> like, day, you, know, or, you know what I mean? There's just some about it. Like, everybody was, like, really disappointed by it. And I'm just, I think I'm just have so much fatigue for that franchise. Like, I'm just so I get worn it. out. I saw Solo I mean, in the theater. I mean, you've heard me try to trek through them. And I, I was like, I'd rather keep watching Indiana Jones if I have to pick one. And I did. <laughs> and I pick Indiana I, Jones. I love the original trilogy. And I have enjoyed even the newer trilogy. I think Solo took it out of me. I was like, I just, if I have to watch one more heist sequence of a rebel or not a rebel of an empire encampment i'm gonna fucking do do one myself on on my on on a bank and fucking you know what i mean and just like go that chaos route because it just i get it every movie they sneak into an empire base to rescue someone or get data they gotta get out and then it's shenanigans after that uh but anyways i had caught wind of this that it was actually his idea that he really fought for in order to be and i i think by the way, spoiler alert, but I, and I, uh, for that film, but I, I think that uh, that was the way to go for that movie. Yeah. For sure. Harrison Ford wanted him to die. He said, I think it's a fitting use of the character. I've been arguing for Han Solo to be taken out for about 30 years, not because I was tired of him or because he's boring, but his sacrifice for the other characters would lend gravitas and emotional weight. Even though I know that how I feel about Star Wars, I'm aware of Han Solo and what he means, and I do agree with him. I get what he's saying. He wanted that heroic ending for this character that has shaped so many other franchises as well. So I completely understand it, and I dig it. That scene was sad as hell, even though I think that Han Solo was a bit of an asshole. It was a very, very devastating scene. Yeah. And I don't know anything about it, but I bet that I would have been sad, (laughs) I think. And (laughs) uh, apparently, I want to talk about this because I weirdly talk about another one of these that I've seen a lot, but it's on the later side, the movie The Departed. Yeah. Another one of those that was on HBO. I think it was because it was on HBO all the time when I was in college. So it was around the time that I had like just the television on. I would also say that The Departed, I personally have stated before, I think it is one of the most rewatchable films ever. There's something about the pacing of it, the way that music is used in it. It is just like if it is on and you end up on watching it, like you will not be able to stop until it ends. There's just, it is like one of those films that just never lets you go. Really, it just it, it's like it snowballs, and apparently, Jack Nicholson helped create his character for it because originally he said he had turned down the movie the first time it came to me because the character didn't really exist. But Leo DiCaprio and Marty talked me into it. I guess you can say I was attracted to the company. He says, Marty is very free with his ideas and very receptive to yours. We built this character layer by layer until we had something that fit inside a great genre film, but also push the envelope until the movie becomes almost operatic. And I love that because he's completely right. This is why that, The Departed is not usually my type of movie that I want to watch over and over again. I like sad movies. 
there's something you're holding. You're completely. I, I watch it every time it's on. It's so weird. If it's like I, a roller coaster I don't have cable ride. anymore, but if I did, I would watch it all the time. I love it. Yeah. I, I just so re- it's that and Goodfellas is his other one that's like, man, I li- I just can't stop watching it if it's on. I just, yeah. I just am glued. And it's the pacing. It's the way that Scorsese paces uh, like a gangster film. It's just like it just is. I really think it's that, so that. good. It's like a magic trick he does to just keep you like totally engrossed in what's going mm-hmm. on at all times. So that's fun. What's not fun, guys, is though, I feel like I need to, I feel like I have, what do they call it? Not a stigmata. What do they call it when you see spots and stuff? Oh, yeah, blindy. Stigmatism? Blind. Stigmatism and a stigmata. I have little whole little marks in my Stigmata. Uh, I, th- I think I'm going blind. blind. Items. Oh, oh we, we can't, can't see them. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna run through the first one really fast, okay? It took three months, but this A minus list mostly movie actor from an acting family where he is lower on the list rotated out the four strippers who had been living with him since the start of lockdown. Daniel Baldwin. I'll say this acting family very associated with Wes Anderson films. Uh, Luke oh, Wilson. Is it Luke Wilson? Luke Wilson getting those strippers in and out of there. Is he lesser stuff. than Owen? I guess he is. That's I think mean. he'd be a little lesser than Owen. Either way, uh, not nice. This is a bit of a throwback one, but I love, he love, he love this one. This is uh, uh, referring to a film that came out in 1999. Let's see if you can get the uh, the name of the director and actors. Every year, I am hopeful that someone will finally face charges for killing this permanent A-list director. The reason he chose to cast the two leads in his final movie is because he assumed they would do everything to protect the director. It is why he shared his story to the female lead of the film. His story was the story that people have been hearing more and more over the past decades. The director had recordings, both audio and video, from dinners and parties he attended or hosted. He had hundreds of pages of notes. All of those were used to make his final movie. The female lead of the film said the director often told her there were a group of hundreds of men around the globe who all knew each other's secrets. There is no way out for any of them. You are in it until you die. The director wanted to expose it. He wanted to expose the the life of those men. He wanted to show the world what was happening. What he showed was a very watered-down version of it. He couldn't make it any more powerful if he wanted to get uh, the movie released. Oh, he shot a lot more scenes that really shone a light on things, but he was forced to make cut after cut. He was killed because of that movie. Too many secrets exposed. Too much knowledge in the hands of one person who was not in the group. What group are we talking about? Is it Scientology? And Eve, Scientology is into play here. Yes. 1999. Mm-hmm. Scientology. You said A plus director? A, one of my favorite directors of all time. Stanley Kubrick. Yes. What was Stanley Kubrick's last film? I am amazing. I am the best. Everyone throw me a parade. (laughs) And what was that final film? Eyes Wide Shut, baby. About the secret sex I'm so great. And Scientology does come into play because he was hoping that Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's Scientology connections, apparently, would Mm -hmm. keep him alive, would save his life from this secret organization of sex. But wait, who was going to kill him? Not Scientology, a the, different organization? The creepy masked people that have sex uh, w- w- in bad ways. Uh-huh. <laughs> that have sex in bad ways. 
I want to do like a seven parter on Stanley Kubrick. Uh, I yeah. want to rip I Stanley. It. I want to get into it because he's one of those people that I'm so I'm so intrigued by, yeah, and I don't know like en- like really enough about him to know whether or not I know he's not a good dude. But I want to know everything about him. Well, you can learn a lot more about him on Wizard and the Bruiser. We did an episode with a movie sign with the Mads. uh, You only did one episode? I don't know if we did. We may have only done one, so we could always expand on it in the future, Jackie. All right, then fine. We'll do Scientology and Stanley Kubrick. We'll just do a yes. whole episode on that. Well, you can I learn a lot more about Scientology more. on the last podcast on the left. It sounds like every other podcast on the network has done <laughs> what you're trying to do with what this. What do I get to do? <laughs> I want to do one. Which one do I get to do? You have to do Barbie. I'm fine. I'm fine with Barbie. I'm not fine with the measurements in conjunction with how people are supposed to be seen, but... Fine, I'll do Barbie, okay? <laughs> you're all gonna get You're all gonna see it. I'll do Eyes Wide Shut and make everybody watch Eyes Wide Shut again. I'm gonna make everybody get back into it because everybody's seen it. Everybody's it's seen I've it. I've never it's seen Eyes Wide Shut. I I actually, it's it's kind of not looked at in the best light in terms of his, especially in comparison to his other films, but no. I actually do enjoy it. Eyes wide it is shut. spicy, spicy. I kind of want to get horny and watch it. You should. Yeah. It'll make you feel like bad horny, though. I will say that. But uh-huh. like, that's kind of fun. Yeah. It's upsetting horny. Uh, don't yeah. worry, Molly. I'll give you many, many other things if you want to get good horny. <laughs> All right. The final one. The messiness is what happens when you don't get your lover to sign an NDA and then break his heart. Also, when he started hinting at it a year ago is when you could have... Uh, you could have put a stop to it or tried. That A-list acting couple is probably on a mission this week to get everyone else to sign something. Very big power acting couple. The lover uh, of the uh, woman is a man who uh, is now outing them because they have consented to affair situations. What? So they're so they are still married, but they are being outed because they are they have an open relationship within a Hollywood that no one's supposed to know about. Yes, they're a a list couple, a list pa- like a power couple, acting couple. Is it oh acting couple? So it's not Jay and Bay acting couple. How old are we talking? Are we talking like Kirk Douglas? They're older or not Kirk know. Douglas? Seem, I feel like they don't age, so it's hard to tell. But they're definitely from back in the day. You used to watch the man actor on a fun sitcom back in the day with a fun opening song to the sitcom that was fun. Are you talking about Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith? Jackie on fire tonight, yes. And the uh, lover is August Alsina. Singer August Alsina recently claimed he had a love affair with Jada Pinkett Smith and that quote, I actually sat down with Will and had a conversation due to the transformation from their marriage to life partnership. He gave me his blessing." Uh, Alcina also said, I totally gave myself to that relationship for years of my life, and I truly and really, really deeply love and have a ton of love for her. I devoted myself to it. I gave my full self to it, so much so to the point that I can die right now and be okay with knowing that I truly gave myself to somebody. It's why I love Red Table Talk. I will say this every day until the day that I die, and I can't, I have no one to (laughs) ever talk to about the goddamn show. I love Red 
Table Talk. Yes, it is uh, with the evil Facebook. And yes, I'm not happy about that. But I do watch it on YouTube instead. And it is Jada Pickett-Smith and her daughter and her mother talking real shit. And I feel like this is the kind of thing where they can be open about this. This is a part of of a relationship. I don't really understand at this point why choosing to not be monogamous is such a... (gasps) Oh my God! Like, what do you mean? If they have an understanding... What the fuck does it matter to you? And this is why I still you think know? the statement is true that uh, back when I used to listen to Dan Savage's Savage Love, and he would say, everyone always says, like, po- po- polygamous relationships never work, and yada, yada, yada. And he's and his response to that is always like, they do work. Those are just the ones you don't know about. Uh-huh. Right. Because no one speaks out about their healthy polygamous relationship. And just because it doesn't work for you doesn't mean that it doesn't work for everybody. Totally. There, there, is every, there is a, a spectrum. Everything is a goddamn spectrum. It's things like that. It's just <laughs> that kind of stuff was like, oh, we're going to tell. What, that they are both choosing to have an open relationship? There's nothing to tell. What is wrong with that? What's wrong with them being able to do that, especially in Hollywood, with all of the fucking things that they have to get through and all of the pressure that is put on them to stay together? I, I imagine that you you don't... If I was in Hollywood to that extent, I would probably feel the same way. That always reminds me, Jackie, I, every time you talk about that show with Jada Pinkett Smith and Willow and the grandma, it sounds so fucking good, and I... Last time you talked about it, I was like, I need to watch this because the idea of like three generations of women, you know, talking about like really intimate family and sex and relationship things is so cool and so fascinating. But I haven't watched it yet. So I got to put that on the list. The psychology behind it, the episode when Jada Pinkett Smith brings on Will Smith's first wife and she cheated on the fir- he cheated on the first wife with Jada Pinkett Smith and they have an open conversation about it. Yes, that happened 25 years ago, 30 years ago, and it, they talk about it. And now they have formed yeah. a, a friendship and a relationship because Will Smith has a son from his first marriage. And it's, it, it is an open communication that took generations to get to. But I know that it shouldn't be prostituted. But if they are choosing to do that, it's an interesting side of humanity to watch, to witness. Super awesome. Yeah. Sorry. That's my high horse. Take high it. Horse. Get on it. Ride it. I like the Smiths. I like those kids. I always say on the show, I like those kids. They're so weird. And I think I might like Will and Jada, too. They're weird as hell. But I think hell I yeah. I think I might like it. They're weird as hell. Thank you guys, though, so much for joining us this week. Hell yeah. This is super fun. We did And again, it. I do want to say thank you guys for listening last week and reaching out. And I do want to show throw a special shout out to Laura Lomonaco. I hope I said that your name right, who sent me these amazing, amazing palettes from Anastasia Beverly Hills. And I asked if there was, I was like, I don't know what, like, how do I... Help, I just want to repay you because I cried for about an hour and a half when I opened it. And she said nothing. I just needed to say thank you. I love you. Uh, and I really appreciate uh, people, ha- us having a community, even though we can't be around each other. But we can still reach out to each other. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, if you want to support us further as well, patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. $5 a month. So much bonus content. At the very least, a bonus episode of Jackie and I talking TV, but there's so much more than that being pumped out via especially Jackie. 
Also, twitch.tv forward slash HoldnadersHo. Check out uh, uh, my live stream, especially with Jackie, Friday night, 6 p.m. ET. Again, that's twitch.tv forward slash HoldnadersHo. Molly! I am MJKLCat on Instagram. And my name is Jackie Zabrowski. Follow me on Instagram at JackThatWorm. Come hang out with us on Fridays. We have so much fun. Our our chat community is unlike anything, and they will welcome you with open arms. We have, and you can meet the Brandy Man because the Brandy Man is alive and well, and he comes every Friday <laughs> to give the world a sparkle. We love you guys so much, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.